The Quarantine Chronicles. Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. This is episode two of the Quarantine Chronicles. Speaking of chronicles, the first couple, uh, the first uh, couple syllables in the word chronicles is chronic. Today is April twentieth, known worldwide as four twenty. How are we doing? Twenty twenty. How are we doing today, fellas? Doing I'm well. good. Doing well. Taking uh, part in the festivities. I myself uh, legally cannot. <clears throat> due to governmental uh, restraints. What festivities? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are these alleged festivities you speak of? I don't know personally because I can't partake. Um, I try and stay festive all the time. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, whatever time. I, I think that to, I, I feel I like just the every day is a sin. I mean, all the time. <laughs> Current, currently, I'm eating some toast cheese crackers, just kicking back. Oh, yeah. Five grams yeah. of protein in these bad boys. Five grams of protein. What's the serving size? Uh. Uh, the full six crackers. Damn. Mm-hmm. Six crackers. Well, got eight five grams of got protein. Eight, got eight percent of my iron here. Two percent of my potassium. I eat fifty more of these bad boys. I'm fucking set on potassium. You could just <laughs> live off those crackers for the rest of your life. That's right, bro. Well, that's unbelievable. Well, you got to remember, it's Connor's looking. still adjusting back to normal uh, fucking human being food. All he's had was like freeze dry. It's only been a couple weeks since he's been back. Yeah. Yeah, this is all I've been eating. I've been living off toast cheese since I was on Mars, bro. I got hooked. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, have you guys encountered anything new or interesting in the past week? Um, yeah, Bill, I think we remember a few weeks back I showed you uh, that track from that new Warbringer album. Yes. Yeah, so they obviously they released another track a while back. They're also coming out with that new album, uh, drops in four days. They dropped another song off of it the other day, um, and it's good. It, like I showed you that first track. The first track was Firepower Kills. They dropped the second track's called The Black Hand Reaches Out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you like that first uh, song by them that I showed you from the new stuff, you'll like this. I mean, it's just like I mentioned last week with Testament, like this is another newer thrash band that has like that old school eighties vibe to it. Um, and it's good. Like I like when newer bands we you know, cause we constantly talk about, I rather hear something that's like comfortable and familiar. That's good. As opposed to something groundbreaking. That's, you know, terrible. And this, uh, yeah, Warbringer is definitely putting out consistent music. The new album drops, uh, in four days. Kind of excited for that. Oh, hell yeah. Um, have you encountered anything new or interesting, Connor? Yeah, um, Red Man's January single, uh, Slap the Shit Out You. Oh, dude. It's nice. pretty good. <laughs> that song. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> yeah, Hell the, yeah, the fucking music video is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys did hear it? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you buy me... It's awesome. It, well, what was the one thing? It's like, can you buy me some shoes? I'll slap the shit out you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that was funny. Um, Good old Reggie Noble. <laughs> um, a couple weeks ago, I was uh, cruising through the good old Twitter sphere, and um, 
that band that I listen to and quote, not quote, but, you know, uh, recommend a lot of their shit, the band Camino, they uh-huh. parted ways with their bass player and they claimed it was for personal reasons. And uh, due to some digging in on uh, their Twitter, turns out that he was basically doing like the normal scumbag fucking uh, rock star thing and like messaging fucking like preteens and shit and sending dick pics and, you know, like, this is who I am. <laughs> Dude, just when you think like, like, man, I found something that's like wholesome and like nice. And it's like, nope, sorry. Bass player is a fucking jerk off. Um, I guess let's roll into on this day in mini music history. Connor, would you like to Connor do this? Or Connor? 1971. We have five friends at San Rafael High School in California coined the term 420 as a euphemism for smoking marijuana. April 20th becomes a popular day to spark one up, as does 420 p.m. every day. Note that the Boston song Smokin' clocks in at 4 minutes 20 seconds, and if you multiply the title numbers in Bob Dylan's Rainy Day Women number 12 and 35, you get 420. God, so clever. Yeah, I Isn't so that song older than 1970? Huh? What song? Is it Rainy Day Women? Rainy Day Women came out in the early 70s. That's off of Blonde on Blonde, I'll tell you right now, but I know... It's from 66. What, Blonde on Blonde? Yeah, so... Yeah, so 66. Okay, so, I mean, right around that time. So yeah, we're saying like Bob Dylan actually was way ahead of his time. Yeah. Pointing that. Damn. Fuck yeah. Well... So instead of the five friends at San Rafael High School, we're going to give credit to Bob Dylan from Rainy Day Woman 12 and 35 on his 1966 old... greatest album. And Blonde Boston. Blonde on Blonde is my favorite by Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah, that's by. It's funny because when we talk about, like, you know, certain albums will become the certain favorites, but for a long time it was Highway 61, even though that's kind of like their most publicized through Bob Dylan. But yeah, Blonde on Blonde because Visions of Joanna is probably one of my favorite songs by him. Stuck Inside of Mobile is my favorite. Dude, Stuck Inside of Mobile is so fucking good. Yeah. Oh, and Smoking, that album was actually released in 76, self titled by Boston. So. Well, that Even makes sense. Boston, yeah, kind of took from that 1971 statement of these five friends. But again, Blonde on Blonde came out in 66, so we know where to give credit. That Boston album is fire, though. Oh, yeah, that first one? I mean, Yo, I, it's fun. yeah, I guess everybody it's, knows that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, the uh, album itself, my uh, I got a bunch of records that were handed down to me from my mom. I got them from Christmas, and I got this um, Audio Technicia fucking, you know, turntable and i bought a i bought a you know a receiver and some speakers and like she had that first album on vinyl so like i actually get to listen to it like it's in in its original pressing 1993 looking to mimic the success of new kids on the block entrepreneur lou perlman sets out to create his own boy band after auditioning hundreds of performers he chooses five unknowns to be his backstreet boys um, yeah, I mean, I was on YouTube and they actually have the Lou Pearlman documentary on there and it just shows that he's fucking, uh, he was just, he was just a fucking, he was like an opportunist, dude. He saw the right time to do this kind of thing and he made it happen and he just got greedy with the whole fucking bag and he, you know, did the sync thing to compete against the bad yeah. boys. And then there was a couple girl groups that he did too. And basically, um, that MTV show, Making the Band, 
that was him. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when we watched that documentary a while back, like, I mean, obviously Backstreet Boys is just kind of like, you know, a nostalgic view of our generation. I mean, that was just something that came out of left field and became like a staple in music for a period of time. It was a huge wave. But just like Lou Pearlman, I know you said there was a documentary about him himself. And we talked about that after the Netflix documentary. Like, it would be cooler to see just a, you know, a documentary on Lou Pearlman and exactly what he did. Yeah. Um. The whole fucking, you know, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys thing, at the end of the day, dude, like, Lou Pearlman was a businessman, and what he did, I mean, he made two acts extremely profitable, and, I mean, you can't really knock the guy for that small bit of, like, what he did. I mean, at the end of the day, no, it's you definitely up, can't. You, see. you definitely yeah. can't fault him for that. But just the yeah. way, like, he went about doing things, like... Like, if you do get the chance to watch it, it shows you, like, the fucked up shit he was doing during and after the whole boy band craze. Like, it's it's something else, dude. It definitely makes you question his abilities of a uh, businessman. Yeah. He's dead now, right? Yeah, he died in prison. Yeah, he died in prison. Perfect. Yeah. I guess we'll never know the truth. 1999 rapper Mace, age 21, announces that he is retiring from music in order to, quote-unquote, follow God. He returns with his third album, entitled Welcome Back, in 2004. Just in time for him to get smashed by Kanye West. Yeah. Yeah, he entered back in the scene at the wrong fucking time there. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. Um, But Mace, though... Um, he actually, like, I remember him in the late nineties and I remember specifically because I used to play this like weird fucking game, um, where it was like almost like Tekken or something. And you were like rappers and you fought, it was like some Def Jam game, but, um, oh, okay. I remember I, like I think the song I know you're talking about. Yeah. It was like some Def Jam, like street fighting game. It was very weird. But I remember like Mace, especially with like being on bad boy. Like he did all those, he did those songs with fucking P Diddy. Like you, he has one of those songs where it's like the most typical P Diddy moment. in uh, one of those fucking songs, I forget that he did the music video for, but yeah, Mace was just kind of like a bad boy rapper. I mean, outside of like Biggie and you know, some of the bigger acts, he was just kind of like part of the bad boy system. There wasn't really anything special to Mace, in my opinion. Huh. That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> Sorry. So what <laughs> happens when you go and follow God and come back when you think you're going to be relevant? I mean, when was the last time you could tell? Name me like one Mace single. Um, uh, welcome yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Well played. Um. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's no highlights to base in my opinion. Yeah, I, maybe that Def Jam fucking fighting game. Yeah. Um. All right. So Def Squad. <laughs> all right. So let's roll into our main topic here. Since you know this uh, pandemic happened, and obviously we're not the only ones that are suffering. Probably one of the biggest. Uh, like fields that are suffering from this whole thing are the uh, musicians and fucking touring bands and shit. Because as we all know, most bands make their money from touring and, uh, you know, merch sales and shit. And if you're not playing shows, you're not fucking making any money. Yeah. Now, I guess the question that this poses 
is shows that were in fact canceled. I remember last week I had mentioned that the Dropkick Murphys did the live stream full show. It was an hour long show on YouTube. Now, do we feel like it would be a good idea if these bands were to do live stream shows, concerts, and use it as sort of like a pay-per-view type thing? So I'm not paying for that bullshit. So this is the <laughs> I can, way I, can I go would on see YouTube it. and watch whatever concert I want from the past. I'm not going to pay to see a new one. Yeah. So this is the way I would see it because you see like, um, um, like pro shots and stuff like that of like concerts, like after they've been recorded and after, you know, it's been produced and you're able to kind of see it on YouTube later down the line. Yeah. Um, Given this circumstance, I think it would be really fucking cool. I don't think they should charge what ticket prices would cost. I don't even think they should charge what like UFC fights would cost. But if you figure the ability, like even if it was like nine ninety nine to like see one of your favorite bands, like from not because so, like you go and see recordings, like most of the time it's from someone's phone. Yeah. And for some reason, I don't know what it is. It's like every single time, and not to be totally fucking rude, but I'm going to say it. It's like every single person that records these shows has like Parkinson's. Like they, you can never get like just a fucking just steady camera. You know, you never get a good view. Nobody ever zo- like it's just a very poorly shot yeah, video. I, I can agree and with then, that. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, if there are shows that they get recorded from like a very professional stance, like, I remember, Bill, like, I showed you that drum cam video of, like, Danny Carey from the, like, the most recent, like, tool tour. Yeah. I mean, even, like, I mentioned, like, pro shots of, like, actual live DVD, you know, tours that you get to see later down the line after it's re- released. Yeah. I would pay, like, 10 bucks, 20 bucks even for certain bands. And if you think all the people that can't travel, if you play one live show and be able to put it out there and you get the entire nation, entire world to be able to pay for that streaming... Yeah, that'll compensate for the ticket sales for like each individual show. Not happening. Yeah, no, I know people, it wouldn't happen, but I'm saying in this circumstance, people are not. Bro, I guarantee you, if Rage Against the Machine right now, instead of what they were doing with Coachella and everything coming up, if they put out a live stream show for nine ninety nine, you know how many people would buy that? Oh yeah, dude. I, I, not, I a lot of people would. would definitely pay for that. Bro, think about sports. Like, music is, like, just as big as sports, if not bigger. And think about how many you know, people stream for UFC fights, because obviously they can't just get tickets. This you know is a different many, circumstance. Yeah, but there's not going to be, like, a crowd or anything there. It's just going to be fucking Rage Against the Machine in a room. Like That's what um, I'm saying. So you could have it set up where it's, like, they would obviously have to adjust venue stat- settings and get it into, like, almost like a recording studio type well, environment where you're able to see and, a live band. Not to mention, if Rage Against the Machine did this, they would get flack. Like they would never see the they would never live to see the end of it. Like they would be ostrich. They would be like everyone would be like, "Are you fucking serious? You don't have enough money, and you got to make me pay ten dollars to watch your concert." Of course, like, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm using them just as a prime like, example with a fan base, but yeah, yeah. But I feel like they would have to give you like something like cool that you wouldn't get, and that would make you want to pay the ten bucks for the pay per view, yeah. like um. Like, I don't know. They would have to have a new song or some shit. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like, I, I feel like something like that, it would be worth the money, especially if you were to have it like pro shot. Like, um, for instance, Lamb of God did the fucking um, live at uh, Hellfest from last year, and they live streamed that shit on YouTube. Obviously, that was well before yeah. all this happened. And, dude, that was pro shot and everything, and it looked fucking awesome. And, obviously, you know, we don't have the chance to go to fucking Sweden or Finland uh, or wherever Hellfest is. Uh, France. 
That's where Hellfest is. And um, obviously, we have no means to get there, but they played it on YouTube. Now, if yeah. that was the only concert that they were playing this year due to this pandemic, I would pay the 10 bucks to see that, especially because they're in the fact I they're think- putting out new songs. I was going to say, I think I can kind of get behind what Connor's saying, too. Like, them not playing in front of an audience looks fucking weird. Because you figure those live streams of, like, them playing at a show, there's a live audience there. So they're producing a live atmosphere in front of a crowd. To be able to get a band to really do that, just standing on a stage without anybody actually witnessing them, and it's not like they can see the viewers, I mean, that's really fucking awkward, and you can't really get, like, the atmosphere set right because there's nothing comparable to live music oh you know 100%. it's the same thing if you go and see stand-up comedy like imagine if you were streaming a stand-up you know comedy show where like comedians can't perform in clubs right now and you get, you're streaming their show but there's no audience there so then they're just making jokes and it's like like for instance you ever seen um like the daily show with john stewart yeah of course you know how they're doing it now with trevor noah yeah yeah it's terrible so trevor noah's been doing it from his home Right. And a lot of his jokes, like for my opinion, he doesn't compare anywhere to Jon Stewart and like his comedy and the way he delivers news. So secondly, I was yeah, like I was watching it the other night because I was falling asleep and it was just happened to be on Comedy Central and South Park was coming on afterwards. So I'm like, all right, I'll just let this rock. And he's up there like making jokes, but he's from his home. So there's no audience to give him feedback to laugh. So it's like you almost don't even know where his punchlines are because everything he would say, he would immediately say after that but i'm kidding seriously like it is and then he would try to get serious and then he would make a joke and like nobody's laughing <laughs> it, it was like super fucking weird that's dude. funny so it's the same thing with like live music if like imagine randy blythe up there or zach dele roca like you know trying to put on a show and give you that type of fucking energy and there's just nobody there yeah but then again dude we're talking about bands that are on a fucking beyond professional level And, you know, like these bands kind of do this shit now because they love the fucking music. And honestly, if you were to have Rage Against the Machine up there, fucking I can guarantee you wouldn't matter if there was one or a hundred thousand people up there. They'd fucking give a nasty show. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it should almost like change it instead of like uh, the format of trying to put on what you would see to pay for at a venue. Yeah. I mean, for instance, like Nirvana's Unplugged. That could have been streamed live. All those unplugged albums could have been streamed live. I agree. You know, a very yeah, like I... more of a formal gathering where it's like you're not really needing the audience to kind of produce the atmosphere, but really it's just about the music. I, I they kind of can't do it anyway though because, um, what you called um. Are you, like, uh, broken over there? What's going on? I'm trying to... Um, they kind of can't do it because they can't all get together in the same room anyway. Why not? Six people. Because they, you're not supposed to. You're not, like, whatever. Yeah, but six, six people. Six feet social distancing. If you have a stage... Yeah, bro, and if you, you sit, figure how anybody. far, like, Kurt was sitting from fucking... Dave. You know, Dave and Chris. Like, yeah, there was about six feet between them, even when the Meat Puppets got on stage. Yeah, I'm not saying that... It can't be done. I'm just saying that. Yeah, the logistics of it just wouldn't be worth it. But I'm saying, bro, if you think about how much energy and time it goes into formatting a live gig between fans, concessions, all that shit, that amount of energy to be spent in to figure out the proper ways to social distance as well as keep the certain amount of people in the same area and have everybody divided, it can be done. With the type of resources these bands have, it can be done. I mean, honestly, dude, I I honestly think that this could be 
this could be like a new way to see concerts like for real like you think about it like right now we you know we're we're supposed to be seeing lamb of god fucking mega death in flames and trivium this july yeah i don't think we're going to be able to see it honestly with the way that I think, all this is I honestly going. i I honestly think just because recently in the news, it's a possibility that things will be going by July, but I still think events that were originally scheduled aren't going to be on the same time frame. I mean, if you think about sports in general, like, you know, the Masters for golf was supposed to happen a couple weeks ago, and they postponed that all the way through till November. Yeah. You know, so they're planning like way in advance because they don't want to rush into it. It's like, oh, as soon as like the globe, I guess you could say, open backs up to be able to go out and socialize. People aren't going to immediately be like, all right, the event that we had planned from last year is still on at this same exact time. Yeah, um, I, I, I definitely see that. But it's like, you know, with the whole thing you're saying too, Bill, with this being like a new way, I don't think necessarily it could create a new trend, but it's a new opening. Because like you said, like there's so many shows, like I would love to go fucking see like Death Fest in Maryland. You know, there's a lot of things that I would like to see that I don't have normally the resources or the ability to go out and travel for. Yeah, imagine but trying if you to said go like, to oh, hey, that's what I'm saying. Hey, it's streaming live. And granted, if you're paying like a fraction of what the ticket would cost, you're missing out on the merchandise. You're missing out on the actual atmosphere. So you're not going to get the same thing that somebody who paid $50 for a ticket is going to get. But I can at least see like. Oh, this band's on. I'm going to pay $5 to watch their set. Fuck yeah, why not? Yeah, exactly. And you think about the ability to stream, like, you'll make your money's back worth. Like, think about Netflix. Netflix is so fucking profitable through streaming networks. And think about how many people are using other people's accounts. So they're not even getting real, like, value back yeah. for each individual person. Yeah, they're not getting person. the money they should be. Yeah, but their their value is still so incredibly high because of how many people utilize it no matter what. It's actually not... Netflix Bro, it is. is. You can like, tell based based on their stock prices right now, they're fucking valuable. Oh uh, yeah, they're going. They are going up. For a while, yeah, they had like now. a negative. Yeah. Okay. Last time I looked at it, they were like not doing well. Like yeah, their stocks ago. are like three sixty a share. I mean, like if you figure that, if you put that on a pedestal, Apple's at like two fifty. I mean, yeah, think Toyota, about the standard. Yeah. Toyota shares are like. A hundred and twenty dollars or something. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean three seventy for Tesla. Boeing's at like one forty right now. I mean, come on. Well, Boeing's in trouble. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, think about this time right now and how it exposes how many people that wouldn't normally do stuff from home or shop from home that now are forced into it. Where they'll be like, "Why haven't I been doing this for years? Why haven't I been doing this? You know, for how much time it's been available." But people forced into this situation now and get to see how easy it is, how reliable it is. I mean, shit. I mean, streaming and online systems are like becoming almost a new standard. Yeah. Well, actually, let's um, this this kind of thing isn't new. It's kind of been done before. The Grateful yeah. Dead back in. Let's see here. I'm pulling this up on Billboard.com here. The Grateful Dead concerts made $52 million, set a record for biggest music pay-per-view event ever. Wow. And this happened 2015, I'm guessing. The Levi Stadium shows June 27th to 28th grossed $21.5 million from the attendance of 151000 Blah, blah, blah. Hold on. That ain't right. Give me one second. I'm going to go back here into pay-per-view right. section on Wikipedia. 
Yeah, in 2015, the pay-per-view broadcast of the Fare Thee Well celebrating 50 years of the Grateful Dead tour set a record for buys for a music event with over 400,000. In 2009, the live streaming broadcast of the Allman Brothers 40th anniversary show live from the Beacon Theater was the largest online pay-per-view streaming concert event, grossing in excess of $300,000. Yeah, see, I mean, think about that. It's been done, and it's it's proven that it works. Yeah, exactly. And if you figure the way we talk about, like, streaming really taken out of the pockets of record sales and stuff, this is just another way to boost income for these artists. Exactly. Because like I said, at the end of the day, like when I'm sitting here watching YouTube videos of older shows or shows from 2015, 2012, whatever the case may be. Like I said, if you know, if I got fucking expendable income and you're telling me I can spend 15, 20 dollars to see Rage Against the Machine at Coachella, just watch their set. Fuck, yeah, I'm going to pay for it. And I keep using Rage Against the Machine. You wouldn't rather just watch it for. You wouldn't rather just watch it on YouTube for free like a month later. But this is what I'm saying. If that comes down to it, like a lot of these shows don't get real good quality because it's from someone's phone and it totally ruins the experience. No, but I think what Connor's like how many saying, live shows if I, I think what Connor's saying is why not wait for a month for someone that had did pay the money the for bootleg it, it. Yeah, bootleg it. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a possibility. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it depends because like, get, like, again, like I would treat it as almost like how people get prepared to go and, you know, I'm going to my friend's house cause he bought the flight on UFC. Yeah, exactly. You know, depending on the event, I would make it a thing where it's like, yo, I'm having a fucking party. You know, this band's playing, everybody come in, pay $5 or something, depending on what the price may be and fucking have like a thing with it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I just feel like it's something that could work. I feel like it's definitely something that people need to be looking into or at least bands that are being affected and, you know, bands that are touring like that, or even like the, uh, like to the extent of Patreon and stuff for like smaller bands, like open up a Patreon event where you fucking charge somebody five bucks to go see a show. I mean, honestly, like what do you have to lose at this point? You have nothing but time nothing but energy to do it to make money you know to support yourself yeah i'm curious if like at any point they ever sat down like as the record industry and like broke down the logistics like if the you know cost value is actually worth it like in gaining profits with however much money it might take to actually produce something like that and what they could possibly gain in revenue i'm curious if they've ever really thought into that yeah i mean I just think, you know, because in reality, if it takes a couple thousand or a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, do the production value of getting it recorded as well as being able to stream it, but you make $300,000 in sales, like really you didn't gain too much, but what did you lose? Nothing. You know? Yeah, that's true. And plus, like I said, it's just a way for all of us that are stuck in our houses to feel like we're living a little. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like something to look forward to the same way if you're going to a show in this circumstance, like I said, that, that show you mentioned particularly like the Lamb of God Megadeth show, if that came on a streaming thing, like depending on the situation, obviously I would want to see it with people that would enjoy it with me. But like on a night like this, if you said it was coming on at like six o'clock more than anything, because I really wanted to see that show and I really want to see those bands, I'd probably pay for it tonight because I would treat it like if I go to the movies to see a movie that I could have very easily have seen when it was free in a few months. I agree. You know what I mean? Or bootlegged on the uh, water twig in a few months. Yep. A lot of people don't have money right now either. Yeah, well, once that, uh, you know, stimulus comes through and uh, the unemployment's jacked up, which has been, you know. 
some expendable income. Yeah, I don't know what this whole unemployment mm. thing is. You guys speak of fucking. I'm a it's fucking essential. great. I don't want to get into it because I don't want anybody to find out my current situation. But I'm doing much better than I had been. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm making a hundred dollars more. If the six hundred dollars comes in, I'll be making like a hundred dollars more a week than I was when I was working. True. It makes me almost want to lose my it's... job. Yeah, you know, my my sister still working from home as a paralegal, and she's like, "What can I do to get fired?" <laughs> <laughs> and not on bad terms. That's funny. <laughs> Well, I, it's, I still wouldn't recommend that because this $600 business is running out on. Yeah, they're, that's they're what I'm saying. Like, to, yeah, it's going to stop on July 31st and it hasn't even started yet. Yeah, shit. So if we're still closed on July 31st. Well, and the other yeah, thing is like. Hit. Well, think, you get, you, it, we're like, getting all the back 16... pay no matter what to March 29th. Yeah, okay. Oh, that'd be nice. So, I might get a guitar. Even if it, yeah. even if they don't pay us until July thirty first, you're getting six hundred dollars from every week from J- March twenty ninth. So you'll just get this huge settlement check, pretty much. I'm dying for a fucking JM sixty six, the fucking Japanese <laughs> Jazz Masters, bro. Honestly, with the amount of income I'm saving up, I'm probably gonna finally invest in an ESP. Dead serious. It's about fucking. Yeah, time, I've always dog. wanted a fucking ESP, dude. I'm dying. Between my Schechter and my Jackson, like I was just like on a stepping stone to event. Like then I went out of left field and had that fucking, that fucking Mustang. That thing was pretty nice. The, though. You miss your Mustang? Fuck yeah, I miss that Mustang. Was your Mustang a Japanese or a Mexican? It was a Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, I miss. Uh, well, uh, no, that's not what I was gonna say. Um, my Jaguar is not too far from a. Uh, jazz master because it's got two humbuckers in it but yeah i kind of uh man i just been listening to like a bunch of shit that they use jazz masters and i'm like fuck <laughs> man i need a jazz master like bush bush fucking dinosaur jr dinosaur jr, dinosaur jr. yeah yeah it's all jazz masters fuck. <laughs> i'm gonna buy an explorer finally all right so let's let's come down to a resolution <laughs> what do we say all right yay or nay if you would approve of live shows do you think it's a good idea yay or 100 percent streamed 100% i mean yay, yay yep. i guess yay but i mean i wouldn't pay for it i'm gonna say yay and i'm gonna say it also on the basis that depending on the artist and the circumstance i'd probably pay for it but it'd be like a 50 50 situation for me like really nothing maybe... to lose though Maybe if Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young got back together and did like a three-hour concert, maybe. That's I'd what I'm saying. Like All right, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's let's it. say what's the one thing, and they could be alive or dead. Would you be willing to pay, let's say, uh, let's say forty dollars for to watch $40. live and stream? Yeah. Nah, I'm not paying forty fucking dollars to live stream nothing. I don't care. You wouldn't pay forty dollars to live Jimmy stream Hendrix, Nirvana in their prime. Tupac, whatever. Nah, I can go really? on, bro. I can go on YouTube and watch their goddamn concerts. What if it's not? Actually... Let's say it's not available anywhere else. This is the only time you can see. Yeah, it. that that's the thing. It would have to be exclusive. That's the only way I'd pay yeah. money for a live stream. It had to be. Yeah, great, like great. like NFL games. Like put it this way: NFL games, you can't YouTube them except for ones that are like much older because it's like yeah. copyright to NFL films, right? I don't so like let's... this extension of the of the conditions of the of the question because I mean like. What do you mean? There's not. There's nothing else available for Nirvana. Like what? What? What is? What is Nirvana no, th- going to do? This Come particular back show. And... What do you mean? Like, let's say this is before does, YouTube from exists. from the muddy banks of Wishka and MTV this is, Unplugged. This in is New York before YouTube from... exists. This is before YouTube exists. 
Uh, right. So this is See, as if the this is as if the um, the quarantine happened in like 2002. Sure. Yeah, but YouTube doesn't exist. The only thing we have is like pay-per-view events, like how you used to watch like fucking, you know, SmackDown and Raw and like WWE fights and shit. Like you couldn't watch it anywhere else unless you put yeah, a VHS guess... on and recorded it during the time it was on. Yeah, 18 years ago, I might have done it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, okay, no. <laughs> I would definitely do it now. I mean, it, like then again, it would have to depend depend on the show. Like I was saying, like, the one that we're supposed to see. You really, if Metallica said tomorrow, bro, they've been doing free live stream concerts. Like, bro, if Metallica said tomorrow that they're gonna do one, it's twenty dollars. You're gonna pay for bro, it, bro. Fuck no, bro. I don't pay for Metallica right? to see them live, like in person. That's <laughs> what I'm, I'm not saying. gonna pay to watch a live exactly. Stream. Yeah, That's Metallica's like Metallica's this. like Foo Fighters for me. If their ticket prices go over sixty dollars, I don't really care. Yeah, but this is different though. If like you know, the the only way I'd pay for a Metallica live stream is if if as if they were touring on the Black album, like back in the ninety, like nineteen ninety one or ninety two, would be the only way I'd pay for a Metallica concert, a or yeah. a live stream. The technology's progressed beyond that because you can always just go to fucking YouTube and watch a different concert from this band. Yeah, but like, like, like what I'm saying um, is, oh, the no, only way- I got I got like a weird I got a weird like sense of loyalty to that. If it was in that circumstance, it's the same thing as like to me as like owning an album as opposed to streaming it for free. Like there's certain Dude, albums the, the- I'll go and buy that uh, I already have downloaded. The way to go for the streaming right now is for the bands to be going for goodwill with the fans. Like, do a True. free live stream and maybe try and get some ad revenue going in it. But other than that, True. you don't like you're not like uh, gouging the fans right now yeah. for like fucking yeah. pay per view concerts. It's like That's how I look. Fucking at Metallica's it. getting ready to play Enter Sandman. James is like, man, I'm parched. Ooh, let me crack open this <laughs> Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I know. I've been making uh ten million dollars a year since fucking nineteen eighty five. But uh, you got you guys got an extra th- uh thirty bucks to spare for a live stream to see us play. Like, you know, they 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 just, they just need to bring back like unplug, dude. I know a bunch of you are un- unemployed right now, but and uh, on the brink of starving. But <laughs> got got. Why pay your rent when play, you can pay uh, us to play songs that we've been playing for thirty years? <laughs> Yeah. Why not? For me, the I'm, landlord I, can wait another week. Like I said, it's it's not a terrible idea because I do think there's some money that could be made off of it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, again, like I said, I wouldn't pay for probably anybody's live stream. Like pretty much, there's plenty just, of them for free out there. I was just going off of like bands that require to tour in order to survive. You know, what I mean, I'm yeah. not obviously well, not talking I mean, bands like fucking Metallica and shit like that. I mean, like, you know, like bands like Dinosaur Jr. or bands like fucking like Living Color and shit like these bands that, you know, have to tour in order to survive. Yeah, they don't make stupid money anymore. Exactly. Yeah. OK, that's a, that, that's that's a little that's different. That's where I was like, going from. But even still, like for Living Color to like reach out to their fans and like try and squeeze some money out of them, like. It would have to be a smaller time band than uh, Living Color or Dinosaur Jr. for me because they've they've both made it to the point where they're comfortable. Like it would have it have to be a band where they're like they haven't made it yet, and like this is like a disaster for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know, True. I'm just using Dinosaur Jr. and Living Color as like an example, like a band that isn't to the fucking extremes of Metallica or Alice in Chains and shit like that. 
No, yeah. I hear you. But yeah, they they've still made to me enough money where they don't they can they can go a couple months without their touring revenue. Yeah, like obviously um, a fucking Motley Crue was like, "Yeah, we're going to live stream. Vince Neil, fuck you." <laughs> true <laughs> you know i mean it, like bands like you know even like the ones that, that that i've been interviewing like these guys like rely on touring to live and fucking like there's not able to do it right now and i just feel like anything like that like a live stream like even if you were to do like a fucking virtual festival that's actually not a half bad idea Bill stock. Yeah. Bill stock, dude. It's going to fucking happen. How many we'll days are we talking here? It would have to be three days. Three days? We'll get fucking Warren G. We'll get fucking Spoon. We'll get fucking Sebado. There would have to be we'll like fucking... a fucking. <laughs> wow, Sebado? Dude, there would have to be a rap day. There would have to be Shit, a are they going to play with Pavement, too? Day. Pavement, I think, reformed as well. Yeah, Bill stock, dude. Yeah, Pavement, <laughs> Sebado. Why don't we just fucking throw Modest Mouse in there, too? Fucking, uh, Let's start this petition. Petition. Go on Instagram <laughs> and pick what band you would like to play Bill Stock and hashtag Bill Stock 2020. <laughs> That's the new hashtag. So it be so it begins. We might need to shoot for 2021. 2021. Yeah, you're gonna say 2021 <laughs> or 2022. Yeah, this year's not. Looking this summer's too well, not looking too good, bro. Tw- not good. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Stock hashtag Bill Stock 2021. All right. Be there. Right, should we uh move move to the final uh segment of our program here yes we should yeah let's do it who wants to go first uh i got go. i got one you got it sorry yeah i got one that's actually i was just cruising through our instagram and i got one that's pretty surprising that none of us have recommended yet fucking deftones 1999 magnum opus oh, white wow, yeah. pony oh wait no it was actually 2000 Sorry. Yeah, White Pony. Nice. Yeah. Um, this is like the only Deftones yeah, White Pony. album I can get with. Diamond Eyes was good. Really? You don't like Adrenaline or Around the no, Fur? Not oh, a big fan. Around the Fur is fucking yeah. nasty, too. Dude, yeah. so is Adrenaline. Yeah. Um, I got to probably revisit because like, I really couldn't get anything outside of White Pony. Dude, the first three are dope. You had to give them a chance. But, yeah. dude, their, influ- their influences on White Pony were fucking crazy. Like, um. They cited Tool, Faith No More, Nine Inch yeah. Nails, pornography, uh, the Cure, pornography, pornography era, The Cure, um, Smiths, Morrissey, uh, Jeff Buckley. They specifically cited as an influence for the song Knife Party. Um, it's crazy. Um, bunch of rap and hip hop. Um, yeah, I lo- White White Pony is. Probably in my top like fifty albums of all time. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Nice. Yeah, if you yeah. haven't heard that album, it's uh that's got it. That's like an essential must listen. Yeah, white white pony is like uh, there really has it's for me. Uh, you guys might not agree, but for me, it's arguable that there's been a better rock album released. Actually, nah, I already know. Toxic Toxicity's right there with it. Yeah, yeah, all around. Uh, actually, even 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 system even systems first album, dude. That was before. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, I guess if you're saying for that time, I was yeah, I was saying I don't know if there's been a better rock album released since White Pony, but I yeah. might take Toxicity over White Pony. I don't know. They're they're close though. On yeah. one day I'll take White Pony, another day I'll take Toxicity. Um, yeah, I guess if I had to pick one song off of uh, 
White Pony. I guess it'd be Passenger with fucking Maynard. Nice. True. Yeah, it's a mood but, album. Yep. White Pony. That's my my pick for today. Nice. Excellent. My pick for this week is the 1997 classic single from the Notorious B.I.G. off of the album Life After Death, Going Back to Cali. Bill, you like like Bill, you like Life After Death better than Ready to Die? No, I like. Uh, I I feel like both of them. That's what I'm saying. He can't. Yeah, Ready to Die is the Biggie album. I was just curious because I mean, I'm not saying because you picked that because it's better. I was just curious which one you like better. I like both albums. Honestly, I like the I like the singles off of Ready to Die more. I mean, uh, the singles off of um, uh, Life After Death more. But as far as like it, as far as a fucking like like influential first album goes, fucking Ready to Die is it. Dude. Dude, come on. You can't you can't yeah. fucking tell me hypnotize isn't fucking awesome. Uh, I, I, w- I wouldn't say that, but I would say that it's not as awesome as Juicy and Big Papa. I was just gonna say yeah, Juicy is like uh Juicy's like top twenty greatest songs of all time, probably yeah. for me. Going back to Cali yeah. is pretty fucking tight too. Mm. I don't know. I feel like, like give me the loot, dude. Give me the loot. Such a good fucking. Song. I'm just, just ready to die to me. It's well, that's the like, thing, though, is that like I, it's, it's it's it was his first. It was his debut album, and Life yeah. After Death was like it was like where he was like coming into his own. Like if there was a third fucking album, dude, that would probably top both of them without it without a question or doubt. True. See, I'm a big Tupac fan, obviously, and what? No, Ready to Die, like is like you can't deny that like you can't deny ready to die is like at least in the same league as like the best tupac album most people would say it's better than any tupac album i would say that i'll still take me against the world over ready to die but on the same level they're definitely on the same level yeah but with life after death there's a lot of filler on Life After Death, and I feel like the the only thing that you can compare Life After Death to from Tupac is obviously All Eyes on Me because they're both the doubles. Yeah, yeah. Um, All Eyes on Me smokes uh, Life After Death. Yeah. All right. Smokes. So it. what do you got, Steve? I'm picking the 1999 final studio album released by Rage Against the Machine. Battle okay. of Los Angeles. My pick, pick is track six, Born of a Broken Man. Nice. Never a broken man. That fucking riff, dude, in Born of a Broken Man. When we talk about guitar tones, man, Tom Morello, that oh, fucking yeah. riff in that song is God, like, just so fucking heavy, dude. Tom Morello is oh. the Yeah, dude. that... Yeah. Battle of Los Angeles, like, dude, Rage really is one of those bands where, like, a lot of people go with the first album because of like killing in the name or and... Evil Empire. Every most people I know go right to Evil Empire, and then they Evil like, Empire the is my favorite. That's what I'm saying. Battle of Los Angeles though is like always the oddball album. It's always like a debate between the first two. But like we were talking about, like you know, it depends. Like it could be Toxicity, it could be White Pony, just like me, Alice in Chains. It could be fucking Dirt. It could be Jar of Flies. Like right now, dude, I've been on a Battle of Los Angeles kick. That album just fucking. All the yeah, way through. I mean, just the way it opens with Testify, dude. Yeah. Born as Ghosts is my shit. Yeah, dude. I love Born as Ghosts. Leave and Calm Like um, a Bomb, dude. Maria. Sleep Now in the Fire, dude. Oh. 
So yeah, Maria, Sleep Now in the Fire, uh, yeah, Calm Like a Bomb, Mic yeah. Check. Yeah, dude. Mic Check is the shit. Um, More within a breath. New, new Millennium Homes. Like, yeah, yep. literally, we could just sit here and name every, every song. song off Battle That's the thing. Like, like, every song on Battle Los Angeles is ridiculously good. Our group suggestion for this week is to check out the biopic Notorious. Notorious. <laughs> Oh wait, wrong notorious. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucking Tears for Fears song. Um Yeah, this is just a Or Duran Duran. It's a biopic on you guessed it, the notorious B.I.G. Biggie Smalls. And honestly, I think I think this is pretty fucking good. I think it's a really good one. I don't think it's the best. Definitely it's, better I, than the Tupac movie. I just yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, the All Eyes on Me one. Yeah, all eyes on me was fucking yeah. garbage. I agree. Yeah, Notorious is really good. I remember when that fucking came out, everybody was talking about that movie because that was like one of those like first sincere biopics about either one of them. Oh, hell yeah. You know? And it just shows you like an inside look on like how fucked up that rivalry like really was. Yeah. And kind of... Uh... Yeah, the beginning's really cool where like the teacher's like telling them, uh, you know, you'll probably wind up as a garbage man. Then he breaks down the math of like what a garbage man makes compared to a teacher and like totally burns his fucking teacher right in front yeah, of the entire he class. He was like, uh, he said some shit. Sweet. He's like, I found out that a teacher makes 35,000 a year yeah. and a garbage man <laughs> makes around 60,000 a year. And with the amount that you spent on college, it turns out the garbage man makes more money per year than your stupid ass. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, that shit was tight. All right. Well, with that being said, this is another episode of the Quarantine Chronicles from Rage Against the Mainstream podcast in the books. Don't forget to jump onto our social medias and participate in our 30 days of music. And, uh, you know, hit us up on our Instagram and Twitters at RATMpodcast, our Facebook.com slash RATMpodcast. And if you got suggestions, you can always get us on our email at ratmpodcast at gmail.com. But until then, this is Rage Against the Mainstream signing off for the evening. I'm Bill. I'm Connor. I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your 420. (whistles) Hello, all you loyal listeners. If you're a fan of Rage Against the Mainstream, you might also be a fan of our new friends, The Movie Seller. Here is a quick little you know, promo for their show. Check them out. Welcome to The Movie Seller, where we have a VHS collection. So many fucking VHS tapes. An internet connection. It's acceptable. And extremely uninformed opinions. That you're kind of understating it. My name's Dan. I'm George. And I'm producer Chris. George, I really liked your interjections there. Yeah, it was a good um, back and forth. So we're cutting a promo, so we should probably tell people what the fuck we do. Yeah, what do we do, yeah. producer Chris? What do you we produce? We are a podcast that watches VHS tapes in alphabetical order. Yeah, man. That's basically it. We start the show with two movies on board from a certain letter of the alphabet. We flip a coin between them, take a brief intermission while we watch it, and then we come back. And we talk about it. This one's way more boring. Like, nah, this one this sounds really good. good. This makes us sound like we know what the fuck we're doing. We don't. It's uninformed, man. Oh, yeah. shit. We're out of we're time. We're out of time. Bye.